What does it take to be an effective ag teacher? What does effective even mean? How to develop the characteristics of an effective ag teacher? That's today's topic on Owl Pellets. Welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We share research-based tips and tackle the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, Mike Ritalik from Iowa State University, and Brian Myers from the University of Florida. We are your agricultural education resource across the web. Welcome, Chris Eck from Oklahoma State University. Chris, welcome to Owl Pellets. Thanks for having me. Well, we are excited to have you here from the great state of Oklahoma. Not only is it a great musical, but it is a phenomenal state as well. Um, how are things in beautiful Stillwater? Beautiful, sunshine today. A little, little chilly, though. We're, we're about 45, but I think you're experiencing similar weather in Florida. Nah, nothing but sunshine and lollipops in Stillwater. Um, well, tell us a little bit about yourself and what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm at uh, Oklahoma State University. I'm a postdoctoral fellow here um, in agricultural education. Just finished up my PhD in agricultural education this past December. And uh, so now I'm here teaching some classes and working with our pre-service and in-service ag teachers. As far as the study today and what we're going to be talking about, we're really going to talk about the necessary characteristics of an effective ag teacher and, and what those characteristics are and how they're developed through teacher preparation programs, professional development opportunities, and why these are important as we consider preparing teachers and, and working with current ag teachers across the country um, and making sure that they're providing an effective experience for their students. Excellent. One, one of the things we're going to get into, I'm sure this is a topic we all want to know how to become the best ag teachers we can be. Not that I have bias, but I'm quite certain that the best ag teachers in the country are the ones that listen to owl pellets on a regular basis. So that's everybody that's out there right now. But, but before we well, get into that. So that's how we would define best ag teachers. But Chris was really studying the effective ag teachers. Oh, that's right. Best, yeah. <laughs> best ag teacher is a, is a kind of just a checkbox. Do you yeah. listen to owl pellets, touch that's for right. ag teacher? Check yes or check no. Mark. Yeah. Done. Got it. We just got, we just, we can, we just got a study we can publish there, Mike. There you go. There you go. We'll put Chris in the acknowledgments. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd humor, the best kind of humor on a podcast. Hey, so well, I, speaking of nerd humor, I do think it's important, though, we talk about the effective ag teachers. Who did you ask to get this information from for this particular study that you got? Because I think that's important when we start looking at this list that you have, that all of us out there know who this is coming from. So we had uh, developed a group of, of 35 what we deemed to be experts across the country. This included 20 middle school and high school ag teachers, current in-service ag teachers. It included eight teacher educators from universities across the country and um, five state supervisors of agricultural education and two national FFA representatives. And a partridge in a pear tree. That's right. Oh, no, wait, that's wrong. Wrong, wrong season to do that. So. <laughs> And all these people were experts because they, if I remember right, they all won teaching awards or something that previous year or something like that, right? 
Correct. Yeah, we, we deem them experts based on the award structure and their professional organization. So for the ag teachers across the country, we looked at the NAAE award structure, and that's how we identified the experts from that previous year. Cool. So I, I just think it's important for us to kind of remember that when we look at, at your categories and your list here about where these are coming from. Um, and you don't really know who said what or not, didn't report who said what, whether it was a teacher or a state staff or FFA person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's important we think about that as we, as we look through these things. So what'd you come up with? What's, what what did we find out here? So basically through, through the study, we found 58 characteristics that were deemed to be essential for ag teachers. And uh, these 58 characteristics span a wide variety of, of topics. Um, everything from a teacher needing to be or is engaging to things related to advising the FFA chapter or instructing students through supervised agricultural experiences. Um, So there's a wide variety of different things that kind of came in there, including things related to work-life balance and what that is and whether that's something that's really even achievable for an ag teacher. Um, Looking at diversity and inclusion within programs and personal dispositions and professional dispositions of the ag teachers as well. I think that's that's pretty great there that one of the things we talk a lot about on this podcast is just the teachers and expectations and stuff. And it's good that one of the things to come back and, and be an effective ag teacher is that you you lead a balanced life and you have the ability to say no. I think those are those are good things for us to remember that it's a it's not about the amount, it's about being effective. So that, that's really great. Yes, and, and I think a big part of that that we found in this study is is the fact that ag teachers need to be willing to ask for help as well. I think that's sometimes hard for us to do is be able to reach out into our communities and, and ask for support and help when we need it. Um, but it was found in this study to be a necessary characteristic to truly be effective and have that balance. You know, I think we're, and this is kind of a big picture, more maybe even more of a philosophical question, uh, Chris, but, uh, you know, we certainly value and appreciate the fact that uh, we're in ag education and we have faculty that can do research in ag education that's specific to um, ag education. Um, the, what I, I guess the question is, as you were kind of working on this study, um, how, much, how much of uh, the finding that you had related to being an effective teacher overlaps with general teacher ed uh, practices or uh, research that happened into there? And what's just, you know, kind of differentiate between what was just good practice that we'd find in, in any teacher ed program and how do we differentiate ourselves as, as ag teachers from that perspective? Yeah. So I think that was, that was kind of a big reason for me in in doing this study was there's a lot of research out there on what it means to be effective in a general education classroom or be an effective math or science teacher. But when we consider what that really looks like for an ag teacher and what those essential characteristics are, there wasn't a whole lot of literature related to that. So when we looked at this, one of the, some of the things that really kind of came out that were specific to those ag teachers were things like the, the category that was related to FFA and being able to advise the FFA chapter and instruct students through FFA and, and have a passion for FFA. Um, also dealing with the supervised agricultural experiences, our SAEs, and thinking about program planning and how we really plan this whole program around the needs of our community that we find ourselves in are some of the areas that were really specific to agricultural education in in particular. But when we look at some of the categories, um, such as instruction, 
or diversity and professionalism, these are areas that a lot of the literature supports what is being found in general education classrooms as well. Um, you know, being able to demonstrate some pedagogical knowledge, being a good teacher, um, being able to have sound educational practices, um, understand different theories of learning to be able to reach different students, be able to motivate students for success. These are things that regardless of the um, curriculum you're teaching are something that, that are essential. But when we dig deeper into what's specific to an ag teacher and, and what sets them apart are some of these other areas. And a lot of times we can think about that through the three circle model, for example, where we have that classroom instruction, but unlike most other teachers on campus, we also have that extra, that extracurricular component with um, the FFA chapter being an inter intercurricular component, and then also our SAE experiences with our students. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that struck me, you know, a person could go 58 characteristics. Wow, that's incredible thing to do. But on the other side of that, you know, there's 17 of those are personal dispositions. Things like is fair, is student focused, is trustworthy, is honest. A lot of those are just being a good person. So I think that's one thing that people need to understand. Yeah, 58 is a big number to look at, but but as, as as Mike was leading us to, there's a lot of those those things that are general to, to just being a good act, just being a good teacher. But I would say argue something about just being a good person because I think everybody we want them all to be honest. Yes, the, the the personal dispositions category was the largest category that we had within the study, and like like you said, Brian, that, that was 17 different items or characteristics that were there, and a lot of those are just being a good person. It's not stuff that we're really teaching in, in a program. Um, to prepare ag teachers. It's not something that we're really delivering in professional development, but these are just more dispositions that a person carries generally that is an ag teacher and, and makes for a better, better human and better ag teacher. One of the other things about this list that really struck me after I kind of went through it, spent some time looking at it, was what was not on the list. And, and the big thing that jumped out at me is there is not a single thing on this list of, of things that are supposed to be characteristic, characteristics of an effective ag teacher. There's nothing that says win awards, win state degrees, has 17 contest teams, does all these things to do that. None, none of those things showed up on here. So did, did, did that strike you and the rest of the team that was working on this? Or what do you, what do, you do with that? Definitely. And, and kind of one of the things that was interesting is, is one of the items, the only item that really speaks to that at all was in the FFA category. And it says that the ag teacher is not just a facilitator of record keeping for degrees and awards. There's a lot more to this. And when we think about what the real purpose is of a career development event um, or a supervised agricultural experience, we have to think past those award applications and the trophies and plaques and banners that are hanging on the wall. We need to think about the career development for the students and, and where that is leading. And, and that, you know, I know in previous podcasts, you've talked about, about, you know, winning and losing and how that impacts the, the student and what that means. Well, I think that plays a role into this is that there's, there's more to just winning. There's more to just those banners. So it was definitely interesting to think about, but you know, when, when it all came out, as far as the items that met consensus, there was nothing in there. Um, related to those. And even at the beginning of the study, we started with 121 characteristics that were identified. And even in those 121 characteristics, there was nothing about winning or trophies or awards or applications. That just was not part of it. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm I'm curious now that we ha have a list to kind of go by. Um, what what does this mean for professional development for ag teachers, and how can ag teachers really use this um, this list as they think about their day to day practices or working in their state associations or uh, in, in those kind of areas? What's this mean, and what recommendations do you have for them? So I, I think a lot of this is is really feeds into this idea of more of a growth mindset or a lifelong learner, whatever we want to call it as an ag teacher. But that idea that we're always always have some room for improvement and trying to figure out what areas we need to best improve in. And so considering this complete list of 58 items is great and definitely something that we can look at and, and move forward with and just being able to see how we would evaluate ourselves as kind of a self-evaluation as an ag teacher what of these things are we doing or what, what of these areas maybe may we be weak in that we need to try to further develop or provide professional development for ag teachers related to some of these areas? Mm -hmm. I just came up with an idea. I think we got a new award, the Effective Agricultural Education Teacher, and we'll just evaluate them on these uh, 58 uh, items. There you go. Well, and, and to even kind of further build on that, it's, uh, it hasn't been published yet, but, but with part of my dissertation, we've actually developed an instrument out of these 58 items oh, and, uh, and have validated it and applied it. And with that, there's, that study ended up with uh, 26 items is the, is the complete instrument that ended up um, being the validated instrument with it. So that's definitely something that we could use for that award in the future. Nice. Now, you all see what just happened. So, number one, we got an award. We can do there. But Chris there, in, in a matter of just a few moments, dropped in the knowledge that he has listened to previous podcasts on there and then goes through as a preview to advertise his own future study to get people to read that one, too. I this guy is a professional now. He has got <laughs> – there is no opposition on the genius switch going on. I appreciate that. That's awesome. So – Again, talk about here, you know, in your question to Mike, there, talk a little about professional development for that. But when you're out there working with your pre-service teacher or early career, first year teachers that are out there, what do you tell them about this? How, how, how can they use that? Because, again, we're, we're first year ag teachers. We're, we're wrapping up the first semester, walking into the second one, maybe get wrap, wrapping up this first year. How do I use this to kind of to gauge that, hey, I'm okay, I got, I'm good in these kind of an areas, maybe how I develop my plan for the future. Again, how do, how do I put shoe leather on this thing for, the, for this early career ag teacher? So I, I think there's a few different things. And with the way that there are these eight different categories, you know, different categories, I think, mean different things. Um, you know, in, in the personal dispositions, being fair and honest and trustworthy and dependable, responsible, things like that, those are things that ag teachers can just be thinking about and go, well, this is the way I live my life day in and day out. So that's not something that I necessarily need to be working on or trying to change. But something like balance is something that I know when I was in the classroom is something I struggled with. It's hard to say no. You want to be involved in all these different things and meet the needs of your students. And so thinking about how you can improve and how you can adjust and realize that this is, this is an ideal situation, that coming out first, second year, early career, you're not going to be perfect in all these areas. These are things to try to obtain and, and reach over the time, over a time period. And, you know, even looking at teachers that have been in the profession 25, 30 years or more, 
you know, there's areas on here that may still be areas of growth for them that they need to be thinking about and thinking about how they can how they can further that. Um, you know, as we think about programs in the 21st century, our programs are changing a lot. The, the diversity of our students, the diversity of the communities we're finding ourselves in, where ag programs are being opened across the country, provides for this whole diverse element of students. So that's something that in previous studies um, that were done similar to this, diversity is not something that really came up. Whereas now the idea of diversity and inclusion and, and having your ag program be a good model or representation of the school or community you find yourself in is something that we got to consider as ag teachers. And, and how do we go about that? And how do we work to make our program a good representation of that community? And I think that's one thing I just realized. We haven't told everybody what those eight categories are. Okay. So, so the, the eight categories are instruction, FFA, SAE, program planning, balance, diversity and inclusion, professionalism, and then personal dispositions. So does this mean we're going from a three-circle model to an eight-circle model? So, you know, it, it may not necessarily change the model, but it may be something that we need to consider what this means for, you know, for the expectations of the ag teacher. What does this look like? Because a lot of these really are encompassing within that three-circle model. When we think about program planning, well, that's really the complete program. That's all, that's all three circles. That's the instruction, FFA, and SAE. When we think about balance, you know, as the ag teacher, that really is, is more about how we're going to balance those three circles. How are we, we going to find personal balance and time for ourselves in there? Diversity and inclusion is, is thinking more about how we're going to get students involved in all these areas. You know, some ag teachers do a great job with having students in, engaged in FFA and engaged in SAE projects, but other students may not be in there for all that extracurricular item. So trying to think about how we get that diversity and inclusion for all students in our program. And then the last two categories being the professionalism and personal dispositions, this is more just the way the ag teacher carries themselves. So it's not really expanding that model. It's just thinking about how the ag teacher interacts within it. You know, one of those areas that you talked about, and, and we've, we've done several podcasts on it, and um, later in your paper, you talk about trying to make some sense of the findings. You talk a little bit about uh, work-life balance, and, um, you know, really, we're kind of making the assessment that the, the panelists were really calling for re-envisioning uh, workload and job descriptions and expectations of teachers. And did, you know, any conversations or any of those kind of things and, and uh, kind of related to that topic? Because that seems like it's uh, always a hot topic and something that uh, people uh, really want to have a conversation about. Yeah, so, you know, it, it is the it kind of deals with the whole, you know, three component model. And are we really trying to call for something else there? And it's, it's not really changing that model. It's, it's more of the re-envisioning of the workload and job description, like you described, and really thinking about how, as a ag teacher, you can make time to balance family and, and be able to have a family um, and be able to work through that and really have time for yourself, because that's important for you to be effective. If you are working seven days a week and, you know, 18, 20 hour days, something crazy, you are not going to have time to recharge your own batteries and be effective to make a difference in those students that you're working with. So we need to really think about how that, you know, how that balances and how we consider those things. And, you know, sometimes, and it varies state to state, but what those expectations are and, and what is really deemed important for you as an ag teacher 
um, is different across the country. And so really trying to get people thinking about how that works and, and how we should best consider adapting these items to be able to reach, you know, reach some sort of balance for ag teachers and really get them to a position where they feel comfortable. They're making a difference in the lives of students, but they feel like they have some time for themselves as well. And it's interesting, you know, there are some items, like I said before, we started with 121. Um, and that 121, a lot of them were duplicates and stuff like that. Um, but we ended up with, as it all got reduced, we had 68 items that were originally considered, but 10 of them did not meet consensus amongst the experts. And one of those was demonstrates great time management skills, which I thought was interesting playing, playing into this because we're talking about balance, but Time management is something that I think we struggle with as ag teachers, and these ag teachers that were participating in this probably said, I'm, I'm a horrible time manager, and that's part of the reason that my balance is off, but I need to work towards, towards balance. I need to try to get better um, at, at doing that. So it's interesting to think about that question and think about how we move forward with it and what's best to do or best to, to make an impact for ag teachers across the country. Mm-hmm. I was looking through the list here again, and you know things that just jumped out at me, even in the instruction and FFA side. You know things like it says is passionate about education, is knowledgeable about agriculture. I think those are very easy things for us to agree on. So we, we, people need to understand these characteristics. There's a long list of them, but they're, they're fairly simple things. Not simple in that, but to do, but to understandable. And so, again, you can work on how do I continue to, to build that passion, that knowledge. And the one in the FFA category I really struggled was instructs students through the FFA. Again, talking about what the purpose of FFA is, to instruct through it. Not FFA is not a thing in and of itself. So I thought that was really, really telling as well to use that as an educational tool. Right. That, that it's that it's an intercurricular part, and it's how we're connecting what we're doing in the classroom you know, through FFA and not, not making it its own separate island. Cool. You know, and I, just an observation too, you look at the number of uh, items under each of the categories and, you know, kind of ranking towards the top was personal dispositions, diversity, inclusion, and then instruction. And if, you know, I think if you do those three things well, everything else is going to fall into place and focus on those elements and pieces. So it's nice to kind of see that, uh, um, you know, those, those three pieces kind of, kind of rise to the top of the number of items. I would agree. And, and another thing that I really found interesting in the study was one of the items that, that didn't make the final list, um, was has agricultural education training. And I know we have a diverse audience of ag teachers across the country and not all of them are traditionally certified. Not all of them went through one of our university teacher preparation programs. So, Thinking about that and thinking about what that means, you know, for, for the ag teachers that are coming from us, you know, from an animal science background or from industry somewhere and coming to the profession, there's still a great place for you to be a very effective teacher. And when we asked the experts why this one was not important, um, they all said because they know plenty of alternatively certified teachers that are effective. And so, you know, if you're coming to us through an alternative pathway, don't let that be a barrier for you. You can still do great things and and meet the necessary professional development needs to meet your personal needs to be able to really be effective in the classroom and sustain this as a career. I think that's a great way to, to summarize this again and hit some things we talked about before. We're all in this thing together and there's no need to be separating people based on other ideas, you know, from their background or whatever. 
we can all learn to to do the things that are on this list um, better. You know, dem demonstrate our good pedagogical knowledge. But the list in the, the diversity category really struck me again. Understanding student needs is an advocate for all students. Understands diversity, cares about all students. Those are the types of things that are really really important, as well as the rest of them here. But I think that's what we can focus on on there and that background. Uh, whatever it takes to get you there is, is what's important. So I appreciate you coming and sharing with us today, Chris. Thanks so much for, for doing this work and sharing it on Owl Pellets. Thank you all for having me. I enjoyed it. All right, y'all be sure to check up the infographic and the resource roundup on Chris's outstanding work. Uh, there's a lot of things out here to, to have discussions with your own professional development, but also hopefully teachers, you can use this and other things that are out there to help guide the professional development for your state ag teachers associations or your school or if you're in a leadership role like that you can use this to kind of guide the work that you're doing uh, with uh, new and experienced teachers alike to help us all continue to get better to do those things so chris thanks again for being with us and for sharing all of your outstanding work thank you i hope you've enjoyed this episode of owl pellets Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Al Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thank you, and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers. <laughs>